blessing and the outpouring of your Holy Spirit would be with us to guide and lead us as these presentations are provided and we spend this time in communion with you. Father, I pray that as this year is now drawing to a close, that the grace and the power of your Holy Spirit would be with us to see beyond what we're envisioning here and uh, experience here, and that we could uh, see more a more fruitful future for this church, that you would bring us in contact with precious souls who are looking for answers to life's big questions. It's my prayer that you would open our hearts to what you are calling us to do and bless us as we open your word this evening, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good evening, and uh, I'd like to present here tonight's message is what is eternal life? And so far, my clicker is not advancing. So that is causing a problem, so I'm going to advance it manually. And it is not advancing manually either. So, what could be the problem? Oh, there it is. Okay. Well, I want to welcome our online audience if you're watching. And uh, you can hear more messages like what you're hearing here today at MiddletownPortlandSDA.org. Or you can also watch my personal YouTube channel called Path of Prophecy, and you'll find some exclusive content there. So I'd like to begin now with this presentation. The title of the message is, What is Eternal Life? And I found this article on uh, online, on Time Magazine online. It's about the man who thinks he can live forever. How about that, Gladys? How about that? The man who thinks he can live, live forever. Charlotte Alter wrote this article, just published it in September 20th of this year, so it's very timely. And she begins the article by saying, in a neat little neighborhood in Venice, California, there's a block of squat similar homes filled with mortals spending their finite days on the planet eating pizza with friends, blowing out candles on birthday cakes, and binging late-night television. But halfway down the street, there's a cavernous black modern box. This is where Brian Johnson is working on what he calls the most significant revolution in the history of Homo sapiens. Johnson is 46 years old, and he is what is known as a centimillionaire. He has earned hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's a tech entrepreneur who has spent most of the last three years in pursuit of a singular goal. Don't die. That's his goal. Don't die. During that time, he spent more than $4 million developing a life extension system called Blueprint, in which he outsources every decision involving his body to a team of doctors who use this data to develop a strict health regimen to reduce what Johnson calls his biological age. He's trying to reverse his age. And that system includes downing, get this, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, not 10, but 111 pills every day. Yeah. That ought to bring a little collective groan, huh? 
wearing a baseball cap that shoots red light into his scalp, collecting his own stool samples and other things that I'm not going to mention, Johnson thinks of any act that accelerates aging like eating a cookie or getting less than eight hours of sleep is an act of violence. Now, the title of the article raises the question, is living forever the same as eternal life? What is eternal life? I want to say this, that eternal life is not based on a regimen. Eternal life is not based on a regimen. Did you hear me, saints? I'm talking that there you cannot gain eternal life by a regimen. Here's what Dr. Eric Verdon says in that same article. He says, if you want immortality, you should go to a church. Dr. Verdon, CEO of the Buck Institute for Research on Aging, he says, if I believed even a little bit that it would be possible, I would be excited. It's a pipe dream. Verdon isn't just skeptical of Johnson's claims that he can achieve immortality. He's skeptical of his claims of even age reversal altogether. Here's the thing. Eternal life is not based on a regimen, but even Dr. Verdon is really going not in the exact correct decision, uh, direction. Okay? Because eternal life is also not based on a religion either. Okay? Eternal life is not based on a regimen or a religion, but rather it springs from having a relationship with the author of all life. Pursuing the goal of trying not to die is not the same as finding eternal life. What is eternal life? Well, my clicker stops, doesn't stop acting up, we'll find out. John chapter 17, verses 1 to 3 says this, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Friends, immortality, living forever, is not found in a regimen. It is a gift that is given to us by God through his Son, the one whom he has sent to redeem us from our sins. Now, what this gentleman, Brian Johnson, is after is reversing aging and, and uh, trying to hopefully achieve immortality. But what he fails to realize is that life is more than just breathing. Life is more than just being able to get up in the morning and get out of bed in a functional capacity. Life, really, in its true essence, is about having a relationship with God and with our fellow men. Okay? This is why God gave us the Ten Commandments, so that we could know how we are to 
relate to God and how we can relate in a healthy, positive way to our fellow neighbor, our fellow man. These words that are up on the screen, Jesus spoke these words when he was praying before his crucifixion. And he prayed this prayer, Father, the hour has come. Jesus knew that his crucifixion was near. He knew that he was about to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men. He knew that he was going to be put on trial. He knew that he was going to be humiliated. And this was the one whom God had personally sent to redeem the world. And he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. What is eternal life? Jesus himself defines it in this prayer. And this is eternal life. John chapter 17, verse 3, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The worship of any other God cannot provide eternal life. This poor soul, Brian Johnson, is pursuing something that he may have all the money to accomplish to, uh, to, to fund his project, but it will not bring him eternal life unless he turns his life over to Jesus Christ. And why is that? Well, John chapter four, 17, verses 4 and 5, Jesus went on to say, I have glorified you on the earth. He's speaking to his Father in prayer now. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And we have to stop and give pause and ask ourselves, how did Jesus glorify God on earth? What was the work that he had been given to do? Well, he came to seek and to save the lost. He came to reveal the love of the Father to a lost world. He came to bring healing to the broken hearted, to those who were bound and captive to Satan's clutches. He came to give sight to the blind, to give uh, ear, uh, hearing to the deaf. He came to make the lame leap. He came to even bring the dead back to life. Okay? And that's because he is the life giver. And how was this to be accomplished? Well, the Bible says earlier in John chapter 1 that he is the word of God and the word became flesh. But notice now, as he closes out this passage, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. What was that glory? Well, Jesus was just hours away from his crucifixion. And what that meant was that God himself was willing to allow sinful men to put him on a cross to nail him to a tree. And in their attempt of what they were thinking, to attempt to kill God. 
to put God away so that they could create God in their own image. Okay? And when we uh, try to do away with Jesus, when we try to uh, get rid of the gospel, when we try to do that, what we're saying essentially is we want to be our own God. We can save ourselves. And like Brian Johnson, it's just a money pit. He's just going to be throwing money away. Jesus said, O oh, now, and now, O oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus came from heaven to earth to redeem lost mankind. And so salvation cannot be bought. It is a free gift for all of us. All of us are given the opportunity to uh, find redemption, to find eternal life by having a relationship with the living God. Not a regimen, not a religion, but a relationship with the living God. I want to close with this last slide. It's a phrase that says, if salvation was a gift that money could buy, then the rich would live and the poor would die. But thanks, God, thanks be to God that God has sent Jesus so that all of us can be rich in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and say we have our closing prayer here. <clears throat> Father God, we want to thank you that you have provided the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. We do not have to purchase this gift. We don't have to climb the highest mountain or swim the deepest ocean. We just have to enter into a relationship with the living God that has been revealed to us by Jesus the Christ. Father, it's my prayer that your blessing would go with us as we uh, dismiss for the evening and as we return tomorrow. Pray that more would join us. We'll get the time adjusted and I pray that your goodness and your mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.